Hey, if you want to turn to John chapter 1, I do got to mention, this is my first time ever this week I got to perform an elopement. It's an official word. We typed it in our phone, and it was not auto-corrected. So that must mean it's spelt right, or I've spelt it so many times the wrong way that it's now correct. <laughs> That's a sermon. That's an illustration right there. I'm going to use that someday. Not right now. Eric and Jen are officially married and uh, super excited for them. Part of our dinner party. And we're a few weeks into our, um, man, I got to tell you, I just every, I feel like I'm hearing more and more stories. I was talking to someone the other day uh, in Fort Worth while they were working long night and talking about how they started dinner party, they were hanging out at dinner party, they had a major issue at their house, and, uh, and, and because of dinner party, that person was able to step in, insurance wasn't going to pay for it, this is several, this is tens of thousands of dollars this house. Insurance wasn't going to cover it. And we had someone who just happened to specialize in that area, showed up, talked to the insurance agent, and, uh, and they got it covered. And just because they showed up at dinner party, you get around the table, y'all, you never know, you get more than food. And, um, and, and I'll let her share that story later. But I just keep hearing story after story. We have a young lady who soon is probably going to be moving away. Uh, uh, but she came to me the other day and she said, man, I just can't tell you how much this church has changed my life. Um, I just believe this church is here for a reason. I know I didn't ask you, do you believe that, but you should amen that one because you don't need it, right? I, I believe we're here for a reason. I believe we're here for every street and every heart. I believe Jesus in us is, 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 is power of salvation. We should not be ashamed of it because it brings life and hope and joy, and I think this is a place people are going to find Jesus, amen? If you want to turn to John chapter 1, we're going to go there. We're in our third and final week of our Disrupt series, and... Um, I've enjoyed it. I've never done a series on John the Baptist. Um, it's caused me to say words that I don't always say in church. Um, maybe I should say it more. I don't know. Uh, things like uh, wild honey, locust, don't say that very often, camel hair vest, although I do say that when I have one of those. Um, I have said words like, you know, words like repent and sin, things we don't always like to hear in church anymore. Although when we understand, we said this, and just to recap for you, um, the idea of disruption is not to interrupt, simply to stop something, but to actually break something down and rebuild. And so the idea of an Airbnb or a Lyft or an Uber, those are disruptions because they are not just stopping what was, but they're actually inventing a new way to do it. And John the Baptist was showing up to invent a new way to do it. For 400 years, God was working. Several prophetic things happened over 400 years, but there were no prophets speaking. And that, that's a message in and of itself, isn't it? Sometimes we think God is not working because we aren't hearing someone speaking, but God is all the while fulfilling certain things that he's already set in motion. And so then John the Baptist shows up, goes out to the desert, because of course that's where you go to get fresh things, right? And he goes out to the desert, wears some crazy stuff, and begins to break down the system that had developed over 400 years. And he begins to say things like, repent, right? And here's the thing. The, 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 the religious leaders of the day would have said repent and then act right. Uh, John the Baptist is saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This new thing has started. And, and we realize repentance is a freedom thing when we realize sin is a domination thing. When we understand the weight of sin, we realize repentance actually releases us of whatever was holding us down. It's, it's when we think sin is no big deal that repentance sounds like a heavy word. Are you with me? And when we understand that sin actually messes with our heart and our soul and our spirit and our future and who we are in Christ, we begin to realize that repentance is actually us. And, and really, in fact, in the Hebrew language, one of the translations of the word repent was simply to come back home. That sounds good to me. 
right? This almost like a reset, bring it back to what it was originally intended to be. Because God did have an intention. God did have an ideal. God did have a design. God did have a should not and a should. But it was all based on the simple word of enjoy. It was good, which meant to be enjoyed. So God doesn't desire for you to have a heavy thing on you. Repent! He's saying that because the kingdom of heaven is near. There's a future to it. There's a future to what's, man, you have a future in your life, so repent, get rid of the old, walk into the new, because the kingdom of heaven is near and, in fact, is at hand, and Christ will be here soon. You better get ready, right? And then the next, last week we talked about disrupt the darkness. Just simply talked about there's just a little bit of light. You just need a little bit of light. That in John 1, God is talking about, actually, John is talking about, um, uh, Jesus and who he is and what he's doing and who he's going to be. The word was with God and the word was God. And nothing was created without him and all these things. And all of a sudden it goes, there was a man. It's amazing to me how God involves us in his story. It's amazing to me that in the middle of this incredible, poetic, powerful word about who Jesus was, here comes this man named John the Baptist. And it was a different John, just in case you think John was just inserting himself into the story. But John the Baptist shows up, says, I am not the light, but I have a light. And Jesus actually says, if you follow me, you will have this light that is the light of men. It's a possessive word. You have this light. This light of Christ is in you. And it just, you just need to give somebody a little bit of light. It's like my little boy who doesn't like sleeping in the dark. So we've started recently turning on the closet light. We don't leave it on. We don't turn on every light in the room. We just, just give him just enough light so that even in the midst of darkness, he knows he's secure, he's okay, he knows where he's going to step his feet, and he's going to walk forward. So I just want to encourage you. Hey, uh, hopefully this week, did anybody try, at least try to disrupt some darkness this week? Anybody? 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 Be proud of it. You can raise your hand. Don't be like, oh, well, I don't want to you know, put everybody else to shame. No, you should. Disrupt that, man. It disrupts some. Yeah, let's be people who disrupt the dark. Amen? Amen. And this week, I couldn't figure out a great word. So I'm just going to say disrupt. We'll figure out a title later. Nate will put it on the website. You just figure out what I'm saying, and then you can. Couldn't figure out a good title. You know, it's hard, hard. John chapter 1, and uh, uh, we're going to start in verse 19. Start in verse 19. This is John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? Now there's some expectation in this question. Uh, because there had been this, remember, there had been a bit of silence. Have you ever been in a, in, in a moment of silence or a season of silence where any word and every word becomes some kind of meaning, some kind of hidden thing that somehow, that's got to be the one. That's got to be it. Right? Some, you know, you hadn't dated in a while. Someone shows up. They say hello. And you're like, yeah, okay, I got something here. You know, like, there, there's, see, these guys are showing up to John the Baptist going, okay, are you the one? Are you Elijah? Are you Jesus? Are you, are you the Messiah? So they, they kind of just ask it in a general way, but there's absolutely some expectation in this question. Who are you? Because... There's a lot of things happening. You're baptizing, and people are showing up, they're coming to the desert to get something new and fresh and life-giving. Who are you? And I love John the Baptist's answer. I really do. I think this is amazing. It kind of confused me at first. He did not refuse to answer. That's nice. Didn't just stand there silently, like my children do sometimes. But he declared, he made known, he was honest, and he said, I am not. Everybody say, not. I am not the Messiah. Isn't that an interesting answer to the question, who are you? Like if you were to get on a plane or you were to sit down next to somebody at a, a coffee shop and you were to say, hey, man, who are you? And you were to go, I am not the Messiah. <laughs> I am not the anointed one. I have not come to set you free. 
just drink your latte. Someone else will come. It's an interesting answer to the question, isn't it? But I think it's a question, uh, it's actually an answer that I think a lot of us would, would really gain some health from. I think there's so many things that define our lives, so many things that really shouldn't define our lives, so many expectations or labels, uh, in fact, so many comparisons that we tend to think we are something else or want to be something else, and, and it actually keeps us from being who we are called to be. I was in uh, Avoca on Magnolia the other day. Oh, this is, this is actually several months ago, but it feels like the other day because I remember it every day because it makes me feel special. And... Um, I was in line, and there was a guy in front of me, and, and I have been there enough to know a few people, and just so what happens, you know, you go to coffee shops a lot, and they're friendly, and they're nice, and it's cool, and, and, uh, and you're giving them money, so they seem to be nice to you, and so like you, 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 you know those people, well anyways, so I, I, um, so I'm standing in line, and I, t I start talking to somebody, I don't even know, I, I don't remember the whole scenario, I just remember this part, the guy turns around, I don't know if he's looking for somebody else or if he's just hearing me talking to people as though I live there. And, and he's, he says, or he looks at me and his eyes get really big. And then he turns back around, almost like nervous. I don't know what I had done. I was wearing my Quicksilver backpack. I was wearing my skateboard shoes. I was wearing, well, I don't skateboard. I just wear them because it makes me, I'm a poser. It's okay. And uh, I, you know, my skinny jeans and my O'Neill surf hat. I can't surf either. Um, oh, nothing. And uh, I, I, um, I'm just fake. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm standing there in this, you know, looking maybe like a little bit of a skateboarder. And this guy turns around. He gets real big. And then he turns back around. And then he turns back around a second later and he goes, I thought you were Tony Hawk. <laughs> to which I replied, I am. Now give me a free coffee because you're in the presence of greatness. Right? I mean, he's never seen Tony Hawk up close, and nobody ever looks like they look like on TV, right? So he doesn't know. No, but I said, you know, no, I'm not. I wish I was. I wish I was. You know, if you just gave me a skateboard, I probably could do what he did. But I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not Tony Hawk. It doesn't look that hard. Just spin four times in the air and kick your heat. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. And, uh, and I, like, I could do that. But I, I said, no, I'm not Tony Hawk. But thank you. I appreciate that. It's been said before. But if you want to still buy me a coffee, you can. And uh, he did not. But we, so we ended the conversation. No, I, we, but here's the thing. Here's what was interesting about that. When I told him I wasn't Tony Hawk, we talked a little bit about the fact that I wasn't Tony Hawk, and he just depressed me a little bit more. And then we started actually asking the question, who are you really? Isn't that interesting? The, the fact that I knew who I was not actually gave me the, the room to speak about who I was. We actually sat there for about 10 to 15 minutes talking about it. He was a young music producer trying to make his way in Fort Worth, and he just started, well, music promoter, sorry, and he was promoting music and, and trying to help out and trying to, he just got his first artist, and that night was one of their first shows, and he had, you know, and it was really cool. It was a great conversation, and, and we just talking, and, and, uh, and, but when I was able to ask who he was, he was able to ask who I was. It's interesting when you begin to realize who you are not, how it actually frees you up to realize who you are. I mean, come on, American Idol. You, you, you have all these people coming in saying, I can sing. There's no ladder you want ladder. You know. <laughs> like, I know I can sing. No, you cannot. I don't care what your mama said. You can't sing. You're holding on to so you're like three years old. Someone told you, you can't. No. Mm -mm. And, and the truth is, uh, other than those really stubborn people who show up on American Idol, 
when someone is actually what we feel like rude or mean, and yes, there could be a little more tact in telling them that they're not good. And maybe don't put them on national television just to promote how bad they are. Sure, there's some issues in our culture, but... Um, but the fact that they actually find out in that process that maybe this isn't their day job, maybe this isn't the future for them. Not to say you can't get better at things, but y'all know some of those people, they ain't getting better, <laughs> right? Sometimes it actually frees you up to begin to pursue what God has actually called you to do. Because the word Messiah was, simply meant this to be a, the anointed one. There was an anointing upon a person's life to do something in particular, there was a calling and a purpose on their life. And so when John the Baptist didn't say, oh, well, yes, I am the Messiah, the one you've been waiting for. How weird would it be if I had said, yes, I was Tony Hawk, and Tony Hawk walked in? The ramifications of me being someone I am not are not just personal. They're not, they do not just hold me up from talking about who I am. They actually confuse people about who other people are. So now I'm talking about people, in other words, gossiping about other people while they are there because I want to be someone that I'm not, and I'm actually now taking down who they are, and now people are confused, and they're looking at us going, I'm not sure who's who. And John the Baptist is out in the desert going, I'm Jesus. I'm the Messiah. If that's what's happening, then when Jesus shows up, guess what? People are going to be confused. See, us trying to compare and trying to become something that we're not, and I'm all for heroes. Be what God's, like, I'm not against that. Please understand where I'm going with this. But the idea here is that, that for so many of us, we are comparing ourselves and looking at other people going, well, I'm, I'm this, and I'm going to be that, and, I'm, and that person's not. I'm better than them. And I'm, let's, let us be people who understand we are not that. We are actually that. And that's, that's maybe the challenge. I was actually watching a a video, not a Christian video last night, just a, a video about calling last night and, um, and was talking about uh, the, the difficulty of really fleshing out, figuring out who you are. That we love to put like the disciplines and the productivity schedules and all the different things, all the get this done and do this way and 90 days to this on top of us not actually doing the hard work of going, who's God calling me to be? And so we're, we're really, we're plowing a field that's actually not ours. And so we, we, we get done and we have fruit, but it's not fruit we wanted or we were made for. And something is not right and we're discontent and we're frustrated and we're maybe disillusioned. And we're going, what, what, what's going on? And it's interesting, let's, let's follow this verse a bit. It says, what then? They asked him, are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you a prophet? Nope. He's, he's on a roll. So who are you? We need to give an answer to the ones who sent us. Who, what can you tell us about yourself? And he doesn't say his name here. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. See, here's the thing you and I have to understand. And in just a minute, we're going to see that John actually had a word from God about who Jesus was and how he would know. There's got to be, for us, a pursuit and a discipline and an unwillingness to compromise on the voice of God in our life. There has to be a desire for us to have the Holy Spirit speaking into our world and being so diligent, so committed, so all in on hearing God's voice that no other voice 
No other voice. No label of Elijah. No label of are you the Messiah. No label of are you Tony Hawk, can you skateboard. No other label will make its way in to what God has spoken into our life. What God has anointed us to do. What God has put in our spirit and in our heart. The calling he has placed on us. That, that can, it, we cannot compromise on the voice of God. We can't because otherwise we will tread on other people's purpose. That's why Paul speaks of in Ephesians. When you do your special work, it allows other people to do their special work. That's why he talks about the body of Christ. You be a finger, you be a wrist, you be an arm, you be an elbow, you be a shoulder. There's something in between there. And then the, the, the neck. And you, like Why? Because we can be the body of Christ who puts the head of Christ on us. And we can begin to be everything God's called us to be as the church. Brick by brick. Right? Placed together that we might become the dwelling place of the Lord. That's God's purpose for us, but I can't be you, you can't be me, and the sooner I realize that, it doesn't mean we won't do some of the same things, like, it doesn't mean that I can't pursue something that's maybe a bit out of my comfort zone, it doesn't mean any of those things, I don't think your calling is easy, I'm not trying to make, it, it, it's not easy, it can still be joyful, even in the midst of it not being easy. Right, but John the Baptist is out there with, with wild hair and wild honey and tame locusts, and, uh, and he's out there doing his thing, and he understands who he is. I have, I have a word from God. I'm, I'm not going to be anybody else than what God's called me to be. I, I'm going to grow in who I am. I'm going to discover more about who I am. I'm going to have to use my voice more than maybe I thought I was going to do. I'm going to have to eat more locusts than I ever thought was going to happen. I'm, I'm going to have to be that person, but I, but I understand who I am because I have this word. I have this heart for what God has put in me. Now, some of us are going, well, oh, great. yeah, I know. I've been pursuing that for a really long time. But I, I, I got I to really challenge you on this. For many of us, we, we move to this individual calling before we ever take on the corporate calling. What I mean by that is I'm a finger only because God created the body. And if I'm not willing to be attached to the body, then me being a finger is of no use. So, so in other words, quit spending all your time trying to figure out if you're a finger or a wrist or an elbow and go, how can I be attached to the body? And in the process of being attached to the body, God will remind you and tell you through people, through the Bible, through work, that he is, this is who you are. The mystery of who you are is wrapped up in Christ. That's what Paul talks about in Colossians. We're going to talk about that next month. But it, it, is, it is who Christ called you to be that allows me to be who I am. Allows John to be who he is. Allows others to be who they are. It, it, is, it is in that that when I begin to discover who I am, that we can be who we're supposed to be together. See, I think many of the problems we have as a community and as people and even as the church is we bring our individual calling to the table prior to ever bringing the church's calling to the table. And so we get bent out of shape and we get frustrated and we get arrogant and we get hurt and we get offended because I'm not who I thought I was supposed to be and I'm not who you are, but I want to be who you are and I don't want to be who I am. And we don't understand if we'll just walk out who we are in Christ, we will discover something far greater because the greatest thing for your life is not doing something someone else has done, but discovering who you are and being fulfilled in your spirit that you are doing what you are called to do. Can I, like, let's talk about Nate's buddy who hands out orange juice. Like, maybe he didn't come here going, I want to make orange juice. I'm going to hand out orange. That's like, that sounds amazing. Nobody at five years old goes, well, actually, 
I got one that really likes orange juice, but maybe he wants to hand out orange juice. But I, I think for most of us, we're not going, I want to hand out orange juice. But when we just simply are going, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever, whatever serves people, whatever loves people. And in that, discovering something that I never knew existed before. So important. Okay, I got to keep going, y'all. Okay, you ready? Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, so they asked him. <laughs> I think it's funny. You just sent from the Pharisees, so you're going to ask something stupid. So here we go. Why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. I gave you a label. You have to fit within the label. The category I gave you is the one you have to stay in. No, sorry, that's not really how God works. I baptize with water. Didn't you know that? You notice that? I baptize with water. It's different. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So he's speaking of two different baptisms. I baptize with water. It's the one who's going to come that's going to baptize with fire. doesn't sound as bad as it sounds. It's not as bad as it sounds. Sorry. Now here's what, here's what happens. Because I think when, when we get humble enough, okay, when we get humble enough to go, I'm not him, Here's what that does. Humility makes way for hope. Some of us have lost hope because we've gotten too big for ourselves. What do I mean? I mean simply this. The, 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 the humility to know that I'm not my own savior attaches me to a confident expectation that he's out there. When I try to be my own God and my own savior, which culture is giving you two options right now. One is there is no God. The other one is you are your own. God. And when we get to a place where we understand we are not God, we did not create all of this, we did not make it happen, I've never said that there be light and light showed up, well, well we're starting to get there, Alexa turns on the lights, but, but I, 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 I can't make things out of just saying things, I can't just speak a word, I can't just breathe it, I can't do all that, I'm not God, I didn't create this thing, and, and I have to understand that, when I understand that, then I can have a hope, a confident expectation that God is still out there, that he is still for me, but when I try to be God, I actually push him out. Because when I try to be something I am not, I actually cause the one who is to be pushed off and pushed away. Tony Hawk is walking in the door, but I claimed I was him. Now I've got everything messed up. I'm not the Savior. I'm not God. I am not the light, but I have a light. I'm going to point you to him. And here's what happens in the next verse. Listen to this. He says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who has surpassed me because he existed before me. Now, if, if, if at the beginning of this, when these guys showed up and said, um, hey, are, who are you? If he had said, I'm Jesus, well, guess what? The next day when Jesus showed up, I don't think he would have been as excited to have Jesus show up. Right? Oh, this is going to be bad. Awkward. This is weird. I told him I was Jesus. You're probably Jesus. This is going to be, let's, we should step away for a moment and talk about this. Here is John the Baptist. His humility actually made a way for Jesus to show up and to be received the way he was intended to be received. So here's John the Baptist going, uh, okay, hey, uh, I'm not him. Remember I told you that. I'm not the Messiah. But here is the one. Because humility allows for hope. 
hope, this confident expectation in our spirit and our soul that here is the one. And here's the thing about humility. We, we tend to take it in all sorts of weird directions, and we, we tend to mean that it, 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 it's thinking less of yourself, and you're a terrible person, you don't amount to anything, and you're all these kind of things. We tend to, tend to kind of take it in the wrong direction. And in fact, there's a, a statement from John the Baptist just a bit later in John chapter 3 where he, he says simply this, John 3 verse 30. He says this. He says, I must decrease, he must increase. Everybody heard that verse? Simple one, right? He must increase, but I must decrease. I think it's interesting because I think so many times I hear that verse as though like I'm supposed to be nothing. As though I'm like this terrible person and, or my meaning or my calling doesn't count or what, who I am doesn't matter or, or what I'm doing doesn't mean anything. Anybody ever heard that that way? You almost felt like you were like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm nothing. I'm terrible. You know what I'm talking about? It's a weird thing to try to put that up against John 3.16. It really is. It's a weird thing to go, yeah, you don't mean anything, but God really loved you so much that he gave everything for you. Right? Here's the only thing he's saying here. His disciples had asked, are you, like, is this the Jesus? Is this the guy? And he's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to decrease so he can increase. His, his point was not that I don't now matter. His point was that he was now, his calling and his role was changing. It was shifting. And Jesus was now the one everybody was looking at. I need to get out of the limelight because the light who is the life of men has actually shown up now. And I need to make sure people are seeing him. It doesn't mean that I don't matter anymore. In fact, the simple fact that John would say something like that elevated Christ, and it actually confirmed John's identity. The fact that Jesus increased actually confirmed what John had been saying all along, that I am a forerunner. I am one crying in the wilderness of one who has to come. If Jesus had never come, then it would have made John look like a fool. But the fact that Jesus showed up and was going to take the top spot actually made John look like everything he had always said he was. The forerunner, the one who was going to show up and make a way. Like, that's pretty cool. And the problem with us thinking that, well, if I decrease, I'm nothing, that's not, that is, that's really not the purpose here. Because then you have to max it up with what James says, right? If you would humble yourself before me, if you would humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, he would what? Yeah, just got there. You ready? He will what? Exalt you. The same thing it says in 1 Peter 5. If you would humble yourself, I will exalt you. In fact, it talks about in 1 Peter 5, the mighty hand of the Lord would lift you up. It means to elevate. I know we're like, whoa, no, we can't. No, we can't do that. But if you would humble yourself before the Lord, because humility, on top of it adding hope to your life, try it. I'm just telling you, try it. Lord God, you know what? I'm not the Savior. Oh, you are. Oh, okay. I've got something to look forward to now. Right? Because if you're the Savior, you're the limit. If you're the God, then you're the limit. Everything's your fault too. Do you know what I'm saying? But humility doesn't just lock you into hope. It also actually honors. Humility makes way for honor. Humility makes way for worship. Humility makes way for adding weight to. And that's what honor is. Honor is simply adding weight to someone's life. You tip the scales when you step in. You, you, you change. The, you, I'm going to add weight to who you are, God. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to worship you. And in doing that, humility makes way for that. If I walk in going, well, I'll figure it all out. God can't. Then worship's going to be a little different for me. It's going to be a little difficult. But if I walk in going, you know, I, I've, I've got some things. I've got to figure out. It's not all working perfectly. I might like to make it look like it does, but it isn't. 
There's things I'm dealing with. There's things I'm going through. There's things I've dealt with for 25 years. I need a Savior. I need a Messiah who is anointed to do what he and only he can do. And just because you are not someone doesn't mean you are not someone. You still are so important to the body of Christ. So humility makes way for honor. And when I honor, I, I add weight to. And when I add weight, then all of a sudden it tips the scales. And so everything that I was putting on myself, I now put on someone else. And now I can honor and worship and love. And I can humble myself. And he will lift me up out of whatever I'm dealing with. He will lift me up out of my own insecurities and my own delusions and my own things. He will do that if I would just let him do that. And that's why in Matthew chapter 11... Right? This is an interesting verse. We'll go ahead and throw Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 on this. this is, here's Jesus talking. Are you ready? This is before John the Baptist actually dies, so he's still around. I assure you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared. That's interesting. John must decrease. Jesus must increase. But he's the greatest. It's a weird dichotomy, isn't it? It's a weird place to live. But see, but see, John didn't lift himself up. Who did? Jesus did. Now, it's an interesting verse for this reason. But the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. It's like on one hand, props to you, John. On the other hand, everybody else is greater. Right? That's kind of what we're reading in this verse. That he, of those born of women, uh, he, he is the greatest. But all those who are in the kingdom of heaven... All of them, even the least of them, are greater than he is. Now, why? Well, because that comma there that you see in the sentence is an important comma. Because John was doing life before Jesus died and rose again. John was preaching a message that was prior to Jesus paying our price and re resurrecting and bringing us life. So, so John was, was ushering in a message while you and I get to live in the message. So, so what he's saying here is those born of women, those born of human means, those born of simply and only that, though, there's no one greater than John the Baptist because he made a way for me. I mean, Moses and David and some of those other guys, they, they did some cool things. Like, that's a pretty big deal for John the Baptist to be the greatest ever born of women. But then he says this statement. I love this statement because I want it to really emphasize something in your own spirit and your own heart. That when Jesus died and rose again, when he paid the price and made you right, when he, he, when he dealt with everything that you and I have dealt with, what he actually has done is taken you out of, and Colossians 1 talks about this, he's transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. Your location matters. Who you are in matters, okay? When we give ourselves fully to Jesus, what he does is he takes us from a place of just being born of the earth and actually being born of heaven. We are now different people. We are now a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that's why Jesus says, when Nicodemus goes, how can I be born again? I've already been born, Jesus. And Jesus says to him, well, no, no, no. Like, those born of spirit, of, of water, right? Those born of water and spirit. Those born both, yes, of human means, but also of the spirit. Those who have committed their life to Christ and been reborn in Christ. The old has died, the, whole, the, the new has come, even they are greater than John the Baptist. So I just wanted to politely tell you 
that as you've given your life to Christ, I just wanted to remind you of your place in the kingdom. That God does not look at you and go, yeah, you need to decrease, like get out of the way. No, he's saying just change the role a little bit. Just, just like, just realize that you aren't the Savior. You're, you're not the Messiah. This, this city doesn't need you to be the Messiah. It doesn't need you to be the, it needs you to point to the Savior. It needs you to point to the Messiah. It needs you to elevate Christ. And when you elevate him, and when you lift him up, and when you humble yourselves, which is a hard thing to do to humble yourself, right? That, that, that when you do that, all of a sudden God goes, okay, I'm going to use you because you know who you are. Because you know who you are not. Listen, what this world's trying to feed you says, you are your own God. Give me a break. I mean, I can't even make pasta. How can I create life and joy for everybody else? I can't even get my house in order. The whole idea just seems crazy. But guess what? This is how Jesus looks at you. Jesus looks at you and goes, man, if you, if you, just, if you just let me be the Messiah... If you, if you just let me be the Savior, if you just let me be the God who created heavens and the earth, if you just let me be the God who never fails you, let me be the God who never forsakes you, let me be the God who makes the mountains shake and the earth tremble, let me be the God who makes calm storms, let, let me be the God who heals and delivers, let me be him, then you be you, and I will use you to do all the things that I'm doing. That's what happens when we get a little bit humble, when we stop living in our delusion and we start living in our identity as Christ followers. We live in our identity of those who know him and he is known to us and he wants for us to be people who live with this understanding that even John the Baptist has got nothing on you because you live in the mystery of the fullness of God dwelling in you through Jesus Christ. That's where you live. You don't live in the desert with camel hair and wild, no, the locusts weren't wild, the honey was, right? And you don't live there. You don't live in that place. You live on the other side of the cross and the grave. You live with a resurrected Jesus who paid the whole price so that you could live impressed by him, so that you can make an impression on the earth. But humility puts yourself in a place where you would be impressed by heaven, impressed by the Holy Spirit, impressed by what God has done, impressed by what he's going to do. And when you get an impression or a mark on your life, you can walk around and go, oh, I got to tell you about something. I have been impressed. I have been blown away. I cannot even believe it. I was telling my wife about how Michigan won it last weekend on a buzzer beater. She didn't care, but I was impressed. Man, if we would get to a place where we just simply live impressed, live influenced, then we would become people who make an impression. We would become people who leave and make an influence. We would be people who see Jesus on every street and in every heart, in our dinner parties, in our workplace, around our friends and our family, because we are so impressed with the comma in Matthew 11 that even the least of these are greater than he because we all have this light that is the life of men in us because we follow Jesus that's who you are so I'm going to ask you this week don't be somebody else be you and if you got to figure that out figure it out but figure it out in the context of who God says you are 
Figure it out in the context of your Bible. Figure it out by opening this up every day, praying, getting some good, healthy people around you who are also humble. I love getting words from people who are humble because they're not looking for anything. They're not trying to pad their own stats. They're, they're, just, they're just, man, they just, well, you know, I'm just hanging out. Yeah, but you always have the right thing to say. I want people around me who understand the weight of heaven, the weight of God, the honor of heaven, the honoring who Jesus is, because it shifts who I am. Uh, man, don't be somebody else this week. Be you. Be everything God called you to be. It won't be easy. It won't be simple. It won't just, just happen. That's not how it works. You might look every once in a while like you got some camel hair on. You might feel like you're eating locusts instead of daily bread. Right, like you might feel like some things are not all together, but I promise you, as you continue to humble yourself before the Lord, there will come a moment and come a time when he lifts you up out of whatever you're in and begins to establish you in a place where you can be a light to men, where you can be a light to friends and family, where you can be a light on the earth. You aren't the light, but you have it. Who are you? Well, I'm not Jesus. Okay, that's a start. Who are you? Well, I'm not God. Okay, cool. So talk to him. Who are you? I'm not the Messiah. Oh, good, good, good. You don't have to save people. You just got to point them to the person who can. Who are you? I'm not the Savior. Oh, good, good. So I was wondering about that. I am not. Well, then who are you? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm even the least of these. I'm still the greatest. Please don't. Some of you are going to go, oh, arrogant. No, I'm, I'm only great because of what Jesus has done, because I'm in covenant with him, and what's his is mine, and what's mine is his, and he's taken my sin, and I've taken his righteousness, and I'm wearing the robe that he put on. I'm putting on this new nature, and I'm walking in who Christ has called me to be, and I stand upright because I'm not condemned, and I stand with full confidence because he is with me, and I have courage because he is here, and the Holy Spirit is working out joy and peace and love, and kindness, and goodness, and self-control. He's working these things out in my spirit, and he's put something in my heart that will bear fruit, because that's what he has called me to do, to be fruitful and to multiply. Lord, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that your word does not return void, that it does not show up here and then doesn't do anything. God, that you actually want to speak something into our life and into our world. God, where there are some of us who have condemned ourselves for too long, we have tried to make ourselves like John the Baptist going, well, I got to decrease. That does not mean disappear. It does not mean go away. It does not mean you are nothing. It does not mean you are worthless. It simply means you are not Jesus. You are not him. And God, I pray that today we would be okay with that. That there are things I cannot control. There are things that I cannot work out myself. There are things that I cannot fix. There are things that I will never know the answer to. But I am not God. And so I'm okay. Because God does. God knows the answer. God can fix it. God can make things right. God gives me a righteousness I did not deserve. And he gives me mercy every morning and a grace that is sufficient. God, he gives me a strength. He gives me a joy. God, I pray that I would not live my life trying to be someone I am not, but I would be the one I am anointed to be. That I'd live my life with purpose and intentionality. That I'd live my life with a razor-sharp focus on who you've called me to be. And maybe even more importantly, on who you've called us to be. And in that, begin to find myself. 
God, I pray that you would bring life and hope into this room right now. The Holy Spirit, you'd speak to our hearts. For many of us have been chasing an image that someone else has created instead of the image that you created and placed in our hearts. Lord, let us live impressed by you that we would make an impression on the earth. God, I pray we'd be people who disrupt the delusion that we are somehow gods of our own world. God, but we'd be people who disrupt and surrender our lives to something and someone greater. Now that's you today and you'd go, man, this hit me. I've been chasing something. I've been, I've been answering that who are you question in the wrong way. Maybe the first question I need to answer, maybe the first answer I need to give is to simply say, I am not the Messiah. I'm not God. No, God's greater than I am. He's got me. He's bigger. He knows more. He understands more. He's doing things behind the scenes that I would never be able to do. And he's working all things together for the good of my life. Because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. If that's you today and you say, I'm done running, I'm done chasing, I'm done acting like someone I'm not, I want to be who you called me to be, God. And because of that, I'm actually going to free up other people to be who they've called, who you've called them to be. God, I'm actually going to release other people to live in the goodness and, and, and the greatness of the calling on their life. And most importantly, I'm going to actually free you up to be God in my life. And to guide me and to direct me and be a light unto my path. If that's you say, I'm done running, I'm done chasing, I'm done acting, I'm done faking it, I'm done trying to look like somebody else, I'm, I'm ready to be whoever God's called me to be, and if anything right now, I'm going to commit that I'm going to pursue who God is, because in Him, I am. And I, I want to pursue that. I'm going to give everything. I'm going to give my past failures, I'm going to give the labels people put on me, I'm going to give my sin, I'm going to repent, I'm going to give everything to you, so that you can bring it back home, that you can reset, that you can give me the ideal, you can give me the intention, you can give me the image of God on my life, and you can impress upon me who you are, and in that, impress upon me who I am, and I can walk out impressing people with who you are, with the good news of Jesus Christ. If that's you, you say, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to be something I'm not. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. I want to surrender my life to Him. I'm going to give everything I am to Him. If that's you right now, with boldness and courage, and with a big sense of freedom, would you just right now raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody in here? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand in the air. I'm going to pray with you. Thank you very much. I see that. You can put your hands down. Wow. Awesome. So good. Anybody else who just says, man, I'm going to walk free. I'm going to have, my identity is going to be confirmed as I lift up the identity of Jesus. Anyone else? Just right now. Anybody else who didn't raise their hand? Just raise your hand now. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So good. Thank you. So good. Wow. Come on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Too many of us walking around wondering who we are. We just need to remember who he is. It changes a lot. Anybody else? I'm going to close. God, we thank you. Lord, I pray right now for every person who just raised their hand. God, I celebrate them. God, as they humble themselves before you and raising their hand and going, yeah, 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 I'm not God. Okay, cool. I want to trust you, God. I'm going to get clarity from you. I'm going to get wisdom from you. I'm going to get my identity from you. I'm going to quit trying to run it myself. Ah, there's freedom in that. There's joy in that. Gotta celebrate them for doing that. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that right now, even right now, they would quit being somebody else. Because you have made them unique. You have made them 
important. You have made them great. And, and you have created them to enjoy this life, to walk it out with passion, with fervor, to be sacrificially loving others, to give themselves for one another, and in so doing, bringing heaven to earth. God, I thank you for the calling of our church to bring heaven to earth, to Jesus, to every street and every heart. God, I thank you that we're all going to play our part, no one part better than the other. Because even the least, even the least is great as we humble ourselves before you, put ourselves in your hands. So God, we, we confess where we've stepped in, where you, where you really should be reigning, where you should be seated. God, I pray that we would, we would submit ourselves to you, we'd give ourselves fully to you and let you do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand up clapping. Come on, it's so good. Yeah, come on, celebrate some people. Come on, would you clap? I know it's hard multitasking, right? Standing and clapping at the same time. Come on, it's so good. People just got free. People just walked into some new things.